This TCU Horn Frogs edition of the Big 12 College Experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon score suits and perks contest and contest, including our NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. And we are also brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app to get a last-minute ticket or tickets at the lowest price guarantee. Use the promo code CFBX for $20 off. Welcome, everybody, back to the Big 12 College Experience, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Preseason previews rolling along, talking horn frogs today. There you go. It's something like that. Uh, we're talking the defending runners up in the national championship. Yeah, I'm sure TCU horn frog fans would like to forget about that beatdown of the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, real quick, uh, if you glance at the AP poll, you probably wouldn't know that this team played in the national championship with the fucking disrespect. So, TCU Horn Frogs, we are here to uh, have your back and pay the proper tribute to your guys' incredible run last year. But if you're wondering who you're listening to, I am Moneyline Mac, aka the former, former video coordinator for Bob Huggins and Frank Martin, and join each and every episode on the Big 12 College Experience. First up, he was born in Provo, Utah. He's got family in Ames, Iowa, and he lives in Morgantown, West Virginia. Those watching on YouTube.com slash college experience see the TCU tunnel right there behind. He is rambling. Rush, what is going on, Rush? I think we might need Nelly as our intro now for, yeah. for these musics. I guess he's doing the uh, the halftime. Uh, too bad it's not Creed, but hey, I'll, t- I'll take some Nelly for the Big 12 championship halftime. Yeah, no man. doubt. It's, it's Can you imagine it's if good. it was Creed? Oh, man. <laughs> Jerry World. Oh, man. That would be incredible. That, no, that's what it is. Redo the exact same show. Just do it. Have them just... flying on the same little tarp thing. Oh, my God. That would be Give awesome. the people what they want, and we want, we want Creed. Yeah. <laughs> don't ever put it past Brett Yormark to get innovative. So don't – you never know. It might be Britney Spears and Creed one day. Who the hell knows with the way this league's going? Um, if you're wondering who that third voice is, he is the man in the middle, in the three-hole. He's uh, got family everywhere, including in Fort Worth, uh, Stillwater, Waco. He's got his seed spread everywhere in Orlando, Cincinnati, soon to be Morgantown. He is the Big 12 guru, Troy Tuning. What's up, man? Well, uh, now I'm just thinking that your mark's saving Creed for like Madison Square Garden Big 12 championship next year in basketball. But... uh not much is going on. I mean, we finally have the Little League World Series to bet on. I know we were talking about that <laughs> pre-show. Um, oh, God, no. <laughs> we talked about this on one of our shows we did last year, almost a year from this day ago. And, Crazy. Uh, it's been a year. Ended up, you know, it's easy to pick futures in the Little League World Series. Um, Curacao, Chinese Taipei, you know, I don't even know if they're in it. But if they are, bet on those. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I don't know if we should allow that anymore. Maybe we should, but... 
Uh, I guarantee if there's a scandal in Iowa State and Iowa, <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be a gambling scandal in on the Iowa uh, Little League team. So, yeah, watch out for those Iowa-ers. You might want to freaking fade them because, you know, they can be bought. Give little Bobby as many peanut butter cups as he wants. Just needs to drop a pop fly. <laughs> Lifetime supplier Reese's peanut butter cups. Drop this pop fly. Win you 10000 bucks. Yeah, I mean, there, there is that line there. But, but Troy's betting scheme is definitely correct, too. <laughs> they uh they may take the under and they give up a grand slam in the first inning like the guy that bet the under against texas and then they got drilled it's like how how do you miss on your own team's games by that much so that's that's kind of a recap of the iowa uh iowa state scandal go check it out we don't need to talk about that anymore because we're talking tcu horn frogs mm. coming off 13 and 2 in the year one of the sunny dykes era ran the table in the regular season a perfect 12-0 and before falling to K-State in the Big 12 Championship, upset the Michigan Wolverines in the semifinals in Arizona, and obviously it ended disappointingly uh, to Georgia, who won back-to-back national championships. Uh, the Horn Frogs went 10-4-1 and against the spread, so obviously they were very profitable. And I think three of their losses against the spread were in the last four games, the K-State game, the George game, and the Baylor game, the famous Baylor uh, fire drill game to end it. So uh, I'll, I'll let you lead it off, Rush. Break down this magical first season for Sonny Dykes and company. Well, it was a magical first season for Sonny Dykes, but let's not forget about the history of this TCU team, even under Gary yes. Patterson. Give him his respect, even if he wants to work four horns down. But is I remember this team used to be in Conference USA and then went to the Mountain West, obviously now in the Big 12. But I remember it was what was, I think it was like 2006, 2007. I was actually at Lavelle Edwards Stadium uh, watching BYU play Boston College. And I'll never forget, they announced over the, the PA system that TCU had to just upset Oklahoma to as their first game playing in the Mountain West. And this team's always given you know BYU trouble. Uh, as a West Virginia fan, I actually kind of like TCU. It kind of balances out there. We've usually played TCU well as a West Virginia fan, but BYU... Hasn't, but I mean, they, they finally got to, to some BCS bowls well-deserved. I mean, the history of this team has been kind of the definition of just under the radar will surprise you can beat anyone at any time and then not getting the respect they deserve. And we kind of now bringing it into this past year is, yeah, they lost, what was it? 55, 63 to seven, whatever it might've been in the national championship, but they weren't even projected to get there. And it's kind of like, we always forget this is like, we never give TCU the respect. And then we look for the disrespect angle. And I, I think because you were in six, one possession games last year, you know, things might even out a little bit this year, but just first and foremost, this is definitely a podcast that respects the hell out of TCU and mm-hmm. how far they've come these past couple of decades, because it's, it's been incredible. And that national championships in Astros, I mean, hell they beat Michigan just to get there. So let's not, let's not forget about that. Yeah, I don't know the way that Georgia came out to play that game. I don't know too many teams that wouldn't have gotten rolled. I mean, maybe not at the same final score, you know, 62 to 7 or whatever it was. But Georgia was going to beat whoever they played that night by probably three or four touchdowns anyways. It wasn't going to be an entertaining game. They should have just let them play Ohio State again, to be completely honest. Um I mean, that's that was two out as, of three. I mean, that's as that was as entertaining as it was going to get, I think. And then once they got that reality check, the Georgia team was like, "Okay, we need to lock back in," and realized, you know, 
we have the we're like a, a in between NFL NCAA team. We should not be letting these kids compete with us. So I don't you can't really you can't really fault them at all for no. getting to the championship because you lost the championship. Um, yeah, lots of magic. I don't know if they you know used it all up per se, and now things will even out or whatnot. But I mean, they get the they get to play with the quarterback that they thought was going to be the guy that they were going to roll with in week one over a dude that made it to a Heisman presentation ceremony. So who knows? I mean, maybe. The, the the funniest question is maybe TCU is the TCU of this year. Yeah, there it is. You know, Troy, <laughs> you make a honest. good point. I mean, they, maybe they just have the magic once again. And I, I, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Yeah, they, they caught Georgia at the worst possible time. It was finally a game where Georgia was in a dogfight and it kind of caught their attention. And I, and I get so sick of this narrative that, oh, they didn't have enough five stars to beat a Georgia they had enough five stars or whatever, two stars, whatever fucking star you want to say to beat Michigan, mm-hmm. to beat Texas's ass. I mean, they beat Baylor on the road. I mean, they beat everybody other than uh, Georgia. I mean, and, and like you said, Troy, nobody was beating Georgia that night. Not even Alabama, some of their best teams would have beat Georgia that night. So they just ran into a complete buzzsaw. But, I mean, we will talk about what's coming, what left this program off that 13-2 magical season and what's to look ahead in 2023. But first, we got to talk to you about game time because it's football season, everybody. And if you're looking to get some TCU Horn Frog tickets, whether you want to go see Coach Prime in his coaching debut, there's no better place to use than game time. Rush, I know you're a big fan of the game time app. You've been using it for years to get, uh, to get tickets for some of the games last minute. Go ahead and tell everybody about game time. Yeah, I've been using Game Time basically since its inception. Uh, what was nice at the time is they, they didn't have fees probably to get people on the platform, but I get it. You got you got to keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even then, it's the, the fees aren't nearly as bad as it seems like the other ticketing sites. I always use them last minute, so I'm saving money there. Uh, it seems like I use them the most when I go when I'm back in Northern Virginia visiting Troy at Nats Park. I just hang out in the bullpen till I feel like uh, I've had enough drinks in me. Then it's time to <laughs> go inside or hang out in Walters. Shout out to Walters. Always have a great time there with Troy before. Uh, and it's usually I can get something five bucks and even with fees and just go walk right into the stadium. So I, I love game time. I, I've used them for concert tickets too. Uh, surprised my uh, fiance Christmas with Shania Twain tickets, bought them through game time. So great, great app, great user experience. Show you where the, seats are and uh we'll keep using them yeah and i mean you heard it i mean it's not just football tickets they got a little bit of everything hell, hell i'm sure brett yormark's looking into this it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country get images of your seat before you buy so mm-hmm. you know exactly what to expect when you arrive buy tickets in matters of seconds two taps and you're set tickets are sent directly to your phone so you don't even have to dig through your email and if you're like me, you may forget a password or two if you don't save it on your iCloud. So, yeah, no, that's very efficient. So, yes, um, that's a promo code for Game Time CFBX. Snag those tickets without stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase terms. Apply again. Create an account, redeem code CFBX for $20 off. Download the Game Time app. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. What else can you ask for? All right, let's get back to the 
TCU Horn Frogs, everybody. 2023, and everybody watching on YouTube.com slash College Experience. I know the Horn Frogs love that uh, logo to the right of them, Horns Down. This is a Horns Down podcast as well, so go Frogs. But the over-under is set at 7.5. They are um, 25-1 to to win the Big 12, which, if I remember correctly, is a little bit shorter than what they were last year in the Big 12. I know they didn't ultimately win the Big 12, but they they ran the table in the in the, in the regular season before dropping to K State two hundred to one to win the national championship, get back to the promised land. Russ, you already talked about the history of TCU piggybacking off Gary Patterson. What do you look for here in the two thousand twenty three version of the Horn Frogs with the new additions? Obviously, all odds on the quarterback position, right? Of course, but they start this year with Chandler Morris, who, I mean, Troy was talking about earlier, was supposed to be the starting quarterback last year. Yeah. Uh, got hurt in the game against Colorado, who they open up with again this year. Uh, who knows? Maybe that year was critical. I mean, Duggan came out, played like he had nothing to lose. And, I mean, it it, it showed. Now it's going to be a backup for the Chargers, was, you know, on the Heisman stage. And maybe that extra year gives Morris a, a chance to to really mature, heal up, of course, and and, and – now you're going into this system, seeing what it's capable of, and now you're able to take it over yourself. Um, you know, people keep talking about this team, what they lost. They, they, they did lose a lot of production from last year. I think they're top three receivers, top three running backs, uh, give or take. But you have a new offensive coordinator coming in and, you know, Kendall Bryles. You know that Bryles last name might sound yeah. familiar, Troy. Uh, but, hey, you, you, this is Sonny Dykes here too. We, and Sonny, we trust. He's a great coach. Uh, especially when it comes to crunch time, as we saw last year, uh, I, I, and, and, and they got some guys in the portal too. I think the thing about TCU, what it offers now, especially with the Fort Worth market is now you have guys maybe, and we saw it with three Alabama transfers. Uh, maybe guys are like, all right, well, I don't, you know, I'm not getting the playing time at an sec school. or I don't want to constantly play the sec competition or you get guys out at like San Diego state, uh, Oregon that, that want to come and maybe play that next step up. And, and I think TCU, because of their location, because they're in the Big 12, and because, I mean, of the money in their area, that they are in a position to, to, to be, as Troy said, TCU again this year. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, the, all the eyes are always going to be on the quarterback, especially in the Big 12 where they've had so many Heisman candidates and winners and even people that have transferred that have done well at other schools still do a little bit better when they get around, you know, the, the whole Mike Leach coaching tree, the whole Art Bryles coaching tree and all that kind of just extra knowledge. I think Kendall Bryles as an offensive coordinator was a pretty shrewd move for Sonny Dykes to, to add him in. Um, very familiar with the big 12, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Chandler's, I mean, he, he, originally committed and played at Oklahoma for a year before he went to TCU. Um, He's obviously a pretty good football player. I remember two years back, they upset Baylor and he threw for like 500 and something yards in that game. Uh, He, he looks like he's got all the talent. Obviously the coaching staff thought he was, uh, you know, a step ahead or half a step ahead of Max Duggan, who, I don't know. Maybe maybe him losing it all realizes that now he has nothing to lose at this point. He just comes in there and slings mm-hmm. it around like Max did. And, you know, we've kind of seen him do that in the selective games that he's played for TCU. He has been a gunslinger and he has been a guy that pushes the ball down the field. No problem. Doesn't really seem to worry about much. 
I would be a little scared. I mean, Sonny Dykes knows what he's doing. Kendall Browse knows what he's doing on the offensive side. Obviously, they have to get that 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 physical TCU defense that was kind of Gary Patterson's go-to always yeah. banging bodies and making sure that, you know, if you're going to gain four or five yards, you're going to feel it every single time. That's probably the biggest issue of concern for me is that whole side of the ball. I, you know, and they, they did well in the portal last year, brought in multiple guys and obviously all eyes are going to be on Chandler Morris, like you said, and then the wide receiver position room, bringing in all these guys, whether it's Richardson, Beck, Russell, um, Wright and Thompson. I mean, um, they, they got a bunch of new faces, but I, I think the system, like you said, with Bryles speaks for itself, the culture. I, hell, I don't think people realize how good Gary, Gary Patterson was, like you guys said. 181 and 79 in his 20 plus years at TCU. I think that I would be shocked if TCU just came back and followed up their uh, 12 and 2 last year or 13 and 2, sorry, with like a 5 and 7. I'd be absolutely shocked. I think this is a really good program moving forward. Looking at the last couple times they've gone like 12 and 1 or so, they followed it up with a 13 and 0, 11 and 2, 11 and 2 twice. So they've been in this situation where this wasn't just a one-hit wonder TCU no. magical season. This has been a really good program for years to come. And we can argue at the end of the show after we go by the schedule, this potentially could be the program that is best suited for it in the new Big 12, being where they are located in Fort Worth just outside of Dallas. But before we dive into the 2023 game-by-game schedule predictions of the TCU Horn Frogs, i got to talk about the Sports Gaming Podcast Patreon, because you can get access to exclusive contests, including our NFL Win Totals contest with a $1,000 first place prize. Besides season-long contests, they also have weekly contests for you patrons out there, plus a monthly SGPN Stories podcast, completely ad-free and full behind the scenes from all the years of being DGENs. And there's even a Discord channel. I saw it popping today talking about Big 12 football. So get over there to Discord. Do your part and prevent the corporate gambling by signing up today with the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That is the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. And we are back on the Big 12 College Experience talking TCU Horn Frogs 2023 season. Any last thoughts on these Horn Frogs before we dive into uh, the big new kickoff coming here soon against Coach Prime, a future Big 12 uh, matchup here? So you'll you'll see it in my particular predictions. I think you're going to see this team be a little streaky. Um, and I also think that their record potentially may not reflect how good they are. You know, we see with one possession wins or losses, sometimes that evens out the following year. Uh, so like, for example, we could give them a loss, but you could watch that game and it'd be like, well, they could have won that kind of as yeah. we saw as we saw last year. So is I could see this being that team where they're like, people have been like, Oh, they went seven and five or eight and four, something around that. But it's like, they could have gone 13 and two again. So we'll, we'll, we'll see as we're doing these predictions, but I I guess I wanted to put that disclaimer on. Yeah. Just all three of us have been on a bunch of the overs already coming up from the bottom of the league. Um, So maybe you're going to see a few unders coming here soon. I don't know about TCU, but. Yeah, just, you know, you look at the schedule right away and the first thing that stands out those last four or five games is going to yeah. suck. Yeah, I mean, look at the game itself. It's like the first four, you should be pretty good in the driver's yeah. seat. 
And then the next four kind of like, who could, and you're then just hoping the end, that like, the snowball is big enough by yeah. that point, I guess. But man, it's a lot to ask, but yeah, that's, I mean, just curious to see if they, if they've got the same offensive magic, I mean, they're going to have a little bit better depth at the receiver position, but not, you know, yeah. that throw it to them. Quentin Johnson is going to get everything for you. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're not the NFL go-to guys. So let's dive right into it. The future Big 12 matchup. Coach Prime debuting down there against Sonny Duggs. Big new kickoff. Shit, two and a half weeks from today, gentlemen. Can't wait. Um, wait. Do we all have TCU as a smash spot here, or is anybody going to make the case, or does anybody want to make the case where Colorado can keep this close? I mean – I'll make the case for the sake of doing it. And it's yeah. just based on talent. Like Colorado's got all the talent in the world. If for some reason they can hang around for the first half, you never know. But I mean, even when we were talking about this on pre-show, I, I would expect TCU to at least get this one by, I don't know, two and a half, three touchdowns. I would be thinking that like three to four touchdown range would be as long as they play slightly above average, right about average. They should be able to win this game comfortably. Um, but if they come out and they stumble in the beginning, yeah, that's the only thing I see for Colorado is if they can hang around and if the referees are going to let the the defensive play a little bit more physically, then maybe some of those outside guys with new new wide receivers transferring in can kind of screw with the timing. I think this game is maybe going to be close in the first half. I think it's a big get the monkey off the back of, of Chandler Morris because I don't, I, I'm, I'm sure he's healthy, you know, and, and great to go. But I think there's sometimes where the mental side of an injury can linger. And when you start this game off in the exact same position it was last year, it's the first game against Colorado, you're starting, you know, there might, there might be on the whole team side a little bit of rust, but specifically to Chandler Morris. I think if he can kind of just, hey, we're good. This is my team this year. And and even if there's a little rusty bit in the the first half, but the second half comes out firing, you know, ends up winning two, three touchdowns, which I think is more likely than it being a close, close game like last year. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think that could really propel him for the rest of the season. We'll talk about point spreads, but the current line is 20. I, I, I actually – pretty comfortable laying that number because both yeah. coordinators want to play really fast, whether it's Bryles um, at TCU or the guy uh, that went from Kent state, I think Sean Lewis, and now he's the offensive coordinator for Colorado. So I think TCU makes a statement here, but like you said, last year when these two played, it was seven to six at half and it was a 10 point game going into the fourth quarter. It could be similar, but yeah, I definitely think TCU ends up pulling away. Um, next up on the schedule, Nichols, baby. Nichols stated out of Louisiana. Um, I think it's in Louisiana, at least. Uh, we all got a smash spot here again. Yeah. Yeah, this is a win. 2-0 for the Frogs, and that sets up the Big 12 opener a week early, actually. Standalone game in the Big 12 in week three, Saturday, September the 16th. They're going to H-Town here, in-state rivalry. Place is going to be popping for Dana Holgerson. Uh, debut here with Houston debuting in the Big 12. Break it down here, Rush. Well, I think this game's going to be a win. I think you're going to have a lot of TCU people at this game. Actually, how far is it from Fort Worth to Houston? What is that? Uh, Houston, three, Dallas, four three hours? Three and a half, four yeah. and a half. Um, yeah. 
I, I, well, this game obviously tells me that it was scheduled before it was supposed to be a big 12 game too. So, uh, with it being the first big 12 game, but Hey, I actually, for it being the first big 12 game, um, it, it's, it's a good one. Uh, I think Houston in this game from the Houston side of things needs to, you know, keep, keep the game close. I TCU, hopefully they're two and zero by this point and kind of, are in their comfort. They're in the groove. Chandler Morris is back and kind of can keep this thing going. I do think they'll beat Houston, but I could see this game, especially being the first conference game, um, you know, in state rivals could be a little closer than people think or a little closer on paper, but I do think TCU gets the win here. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards TCU in this game. Um, You know, being a week early and being at Houston does make it a little bit weird, but I don't think this is a weirdly scheduled game for TCU's program in general in the past, like playing Houston in week three would have been something that they would have done. Um, There's just not, there's not enough that Houston has that makes me think that they're going to be able to pull this off and just returning enough getting a guy that wants to go quick. And again, you're going to have another, uh, uh, both offenses here are going to want to fire the fire, the ball down the field, kind of playing into what TCU wants there and what Kendall browse wants to do. I, I definitely am going with TCU in this one. I think this is a one possession game. I, there's no line on it line out on it yet. I would take Houston with the points. I think it's a game that another wild big 12 game between Dana and TCU I'll lean to the Horned Frogs to get out of there live by a field goal. So we all got him at 3-0. Next up, this actually pissed me off when I read this today, that TCU was positive. This is bullshit on TCU's part, that they're not playing SMU anymore. They should play this game every year. After 2025. I think they're waiting to see where SMU ends up. I think they're saying there's a chance. See, I took that from the other side of things. I think I took that as SMU might be maybe in the Big 12, and they're going to schedule them with the conference. I don't think they're going to take two Dallas area teams. They, they already have that that or market. So, yeah. So. What was their what was their logic? I just saw the headline. It just with the expanded playoff, maybe they want a softer schedule in the non-con. They just want to pad some wins, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, so this this is all of a sudden a personal game for SMU. This game was actually close last year. Call this the Sunny Dykes Bowl. Uh, the Sunny Dykes win this game again here, Rush. It's the Sunny Dykes Bowl. What team is Sunny Dykes coaching? Give me the win for that team, and that team's TCU. So I have four and zero after this point. He's won every Sunny Dykes bowl, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, he was he he was beating TCU the last couple times too. So yeah. And then he went... <laughs> I mean, I'm going with TCU here. I I'm sure it'll be a close game just because of the makeup and the rivalry idea and. This is going to be one of the Super Bowls for SMU, especially with how well TCU played last year for them to come in. And even if they can compete, they're going to feel good about it. So, again, I don't think you'll see any kind of a blowout here, maybe, you know, 10 or 14. Yeah, I was pulling up what they did last year because um, I remember the game got blown open late. It was 42-34 TCU. The year before that, SMU won 42-34 when Sonny Dykes was on that side. And the year before that, 41-38 when Sonny Dykes was on that side of things. So, Sonny Dykes has won the last three of these. I'll say 4-0, but I think this is a close game because all of a sudden TCU's kind of put uh, the bullseye on their back in this game with SMU with pausing the series. So, 
We got a 4-0, and here come the Mountaineers mm-hmm. into Fort Worth. The final Saturday in September, Neil Brown's actually played TCU really well. Rush, could you see yeah. an upset here? No, I, I've already predicted this on the West Virginia one. I think West Virginia wins this game, and yeah, I get you see the West Virginia stuff behind me. I get I'm broadcasting from Morgantown. I'm an alumnus of West Virginia. That has nothing to do with the fact it we we've in this series and when we've played TCU, we've usually won this game. You look at last year, their national championship run. I'm to the, at least to the national championship. I mean that, that final score. I mean, Ryan, just ask your parlay last year. Sorry to bring it back (laughs) up, but that was, it wasn't a 10 point game. West Virginia, honestly, probably should have won that game. Neil Brown just got in the way of, um, you know, out coached himself. And, and so TCU was able to, you know, be smart and end up winning. It should have at least been a closer game. I will say at the tailgating scene, good, good amount of TCU fans, very nice people, very respectful. I, I, I don't know if anyone has any other uh, experiences with TCU fans, but here in Morgantown, you know, tailgating with a couple of them had a good time. So, uh, but I do think West Virginia is going to go into Fort Worth. They've, they've done it multiple times before and, and win this game. Yeah, I think, to stay consistent with my reasoning and also just that like Neil Brown having himself be the speed bump. Hopefully at this point in West Virginia season, he's realized that he can simplify things and just work with his front and, you know, kind of jam the ball and slow the game down. And if they do do that, that's, you know, you're now you're now you're forcing Kendall Browse to go even faster than he already wants to in order to get a certain amount of plays off in a game and that can cause super uncomfortable spots. So, yeah, I think I think I went with West Virginia on the West Virginia preview, and this just seems like a, a, a letdown spot after starting mm-hmm. kind of hot. Yeah, especially after big wins at Houston, SMU rivalry game. Um, yeah, I like the Mountaineers as well. Like you said, Neil's had their number. Uh, Neil, uh, they, they've won the last two trips in TCU. Dana was good at TCU over the years as well. Um I, I think this is the upset, and, and this is kind of the shock that, hey, TCU is not a national championship contender this year, um, and it comes at the end of September. They're, they're not going to run the table all the way through once again. So I think this is the early speed bump. So we got them at 4-1, and one, and like Troy said, I like the matchup of West Virginia able to run the ball, control the clock, keep Chandler Moritz on the sideline. So, yeah, 4-1, and one, going to Ames, Iowa, who knows what the fuck the roster is going to look yeah, like here. That's... We got to probably give this one to TCU, right, Rush? Bounce back. I, I think we do. I think in a normal situation, you know, you might give it to Iowa State. That's a very hard place to play, especially if Iowa State was doing well at that point and TCU is 4-1 and one at the, this point. That might be a 7 o'clock game in, in Ames, and, you know, that's a, that's a tough place to play. But I think there's just so many unknowns about Iowa State. Um, they'll be coming back from Oklahoma and they may throw everything into that game. Um, and then they're at Cincinnati the following week. And that may be, you know, a win that they feel like they can get because we're not high on Cincinnati this year. So that TCU might be, even though it's at Iowa state might be kind of just that lay down spot for them. So I'll, I'll, I'll go TCU here to move them to five and one. And uh, we saw how TCU, I mean, granted it was a lot more time in, of preparation and all that, but TCU's response after they lost to Kansas State is they made Michigan mm-hmm. kind of look like a little punk. I mean, yeah. again, that's one where the final score didn't really reflect that TCU kind of did exactly what they wanted to throughout that whole game, and it was kind of always in their control. Um, 
I think Sonny Dykes has the guys up, especially if they blow the game to West Virginia. I don't think this is a spot that even like a Hunter Decker's Iowa State team would win. So I gotta go. I gotta go with TCU here. Yeah, on on the Iowa State preview, I had the Cyclones, but like you said, I can't take them right now with with what I've seen. So is what it is. Uh, I'll Benedict here gladly with the gambling scandal. I'll take the Frogs to bounce back five and one. Then they get a old Mountain West rivalry here. We got BYU mm-hmm. versus TCU. Glad this game's back on the schedule. Rush, you are a BYU fan. Do you have both your teams sweeping the Frogs or you're splitting? No, they're going to split. It's I, So, obviously, growing up a BYU fan and now being a West Virginia fan, I, I know both teams pretty well. Uh, West Virginia team tends to beat TCU, and BYU tends to lose to TCU. Uh, BYU's actually had a couple undefeated seasons being ruined by Andy Dalton. So, um, yeah. especially this game's not in Provo either. Um, I'm, I'm going to take the win over BYU uh, for TCU. Yeah, and I and I think as an entire program, the coaching staff will be looking at this game as you know, it's going to be one of their last good chances to get a win uh, coming up with their mm-hmm. their, their backloaded schedule. So, I'm I'm going with TCU here. If this game was in Provo, I might give BYU a, a much bigger shot, but I think that uh, this will be one of the more focused TCU teams that you see in this game, and because of that, you know, I'm going with them. Yeah, I uh, I got I got them beating BYU. I don't think they're going to lose back to back home games. Although I am worried that they could be looking ahead to this gauntlet that's coming up. So maybe uh, hatching their eggs before or whatever the fuck they're saying. I don't mm. even remember. But anyway, uh, TC Count they could be looking at they hatch. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the saying. <laughs> Troy's just like yeah, just I think that's the saying. I yeah, I, 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 black, I blacked out there. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I I got uh I got them getting out of there with the win. If the game is in Provo, I'd probably be on the Cougs, but not not going to. Do you know? Can I? And I don't know Go if they if they can still move the schedule or or not. Like if they're if they, but man, this actually would be a perfect Thursday night game. TCU BYU. That, oh, that yeah. would be a great Thursday night game. I don't think that they flex the games in college yeah. football. They should, but, I mean, it is what it is. All right, speaking of marquee games, that I think both fan bases got this one circled because we saw them both play last year. They split. K-State won the one that mattered in Dallas. TCU won the one that was in Fort Worth, uh, although K-State lost both their quarterbacks in that game and blew a 17-point lead. Um, in the Little Apple, uh, Saturday, uh, October the 21st, do we have loss number two here, Rush? We do. Uh, I think this is right before their bye. This is in Manhattan. This screams 7, 7.30 game. Um, the Battle of the Purples. I just, I think Kansas State actually goes back-to-back on TCU. Um, and and the, especially with, th- this game to me just kind of feels like who's the home team. And... Uh, and I'm, I'm going to take Kansas State in this game. Yeah, I mean, as long as Kansas State's starting quarterback is playing, then yeah, I would have to say, you know, yeah, this should probably be, a, again, this should probably be a comfortable win for Kansas State if they're competing for the conference like we think they will be. Uh, you know, that 10 to 14 point, never really out of your grasp. Maybe you're down by a field goal here and there or something like that in the first half, but. Yeah, I don't have I don't have TCU going to Manhattan and winning anything. So, mm-hmm. well, and 
we talked about how West Virginia's a bad matchup for him with the running attack. K-State's the bigger brother version of that. They ran the ball right down their throat in both those games. And let's be honest, they would have won in Fort Worth, too, if Adrian Martinez or Will Howard had stayed healthy. So I'm, I'm on the Cats as well. This is, a, this is their kryptonite. TCU, this is the worst possible match because that physical brand of football, especially under the lights, cold, K-State, late October. I'm on the Cats here in smash spot. All right, so they go to a bye. We got them at 6-2. and Hmm. This 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 is a this, this is this game could go either way because this was a competitive game last year in Fort Worth. They got the Red Raiders in Lubbock Thursday night FS1. Here you go, Rush. Standalone. There game. we go. The Thursday night. Fantastic. Both teams coming off a bye, by the way. So I guess we haven't done our Texas Tech preview. So I'm I I was a little concerned about Texas Tech at, at first. And then because it seems like everyone's like, oh, my dark horse is Texas Tech. My dark horse is Texas Tech. But so I looked into Texas Tech a little bit. I know we're doing them next anyway. So I've begun my research on them. And I like their schedule and I like their offensive side of the ball. My concerns and not to kind of give the rest of the schedule away is I think you look at TCU's schedule into thirds, right? The, I think the first uh, third, they go undefeated. I think the second third, they go two and two. Because I know we're doing the game by game and what we see best. But I also think we've talked about this through each preview is you kind of have to chunk the games. Um, yeah, and I, I, I think this last four is they go one and three. So which game is that? And I think since this game's at Lubbock, I, I am leaning towards Texas tech being kind of a dark horse this year. I'm going to pick Texas tech, but man, this is a great Thursday night game. And this, this could be one of those classic big 12 Mike Leach games where it's like 52 to 48 but I, i'm i'm leaning towards texas tech i mean thursday night this late in the schedule probably cold and windy at least a little chilly that's gonna be i mean that's just a tough place in general to go win a football game um you gotta think that national tv thursday night there's gonna be it's probably one of their most rowdy home games for texas tech yeah uh I don't know if I don't, I don't know if Chandler has it if if there's you know any kind of swirling wind or anything like that and the 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 tech team is a little more used to driving the ball through that. I gotta go with Texas Tech here. I just think you know both teams coming off of a bye means that the prep doesn't you don't get any extra uh, benefit of that extra prep. You, the other team's doing the same thing. So yeah, no real look ahead. I don't think I don't even think. TCU's too worried about Texas after this game. I just think that Texas Tech is the better football team between these two. So, and, and it's a revenge spot for uh, the Red Raiders. They led the game in Fort Worth going into the fourth quarter last year. I'm with you. I think this is back-to-back road losses, so that gets them to six and three. It's just a tough spot going to Lubbock on a Thursday night, um, whether you're coming off a bye or not, because they're both coming off a bye. You mentioned it, the last quad or last third, we think that they're going to win one. I think this is the spot right here. And I'll, I'll turn it over to you, Russ, because the Texas Longhorns are coming to Fort Worth one last time in the Big 12. TCU's got the extended bye here with the mm-hmm. Thursday night game. Seems like a great spot for these frogs, Rush. How about you? It, it, it does. And here's where this gets kind of back into the chunking. I think, and, and of course, it's going to be the Big 
12 teams that are leaving. I think their win either comes from Texas or it comes that Friday night game to end the season against Oklahoma, because I don't know if Oklahoma will be playing a lot for at that point, because you know, we're kind of, well, spoiler, I'm a little down on Oklahoma this year uh, with Venables. I guess we've kind of previewed it a little bit. Um, but I just, the thing that concerns me and why Texas might get this win, I guess they're, they're going to be, they will come back from Manhattan, right? They're at Manhattan. And then they were supposed to go to Iowa state, but obviously now that we know about Iowa state, maybe that's the game Iowa state gets up for who knows. Do you know what is I'll, I'll give them, I'll give them the win here. I, it, it against Texas one last get up. Uh, I don't know if does Gary Patterson still work for Texas. He just he just came back, yeah. He so just he's still came back. There. That's right. Yeah. Okay. It is yeah. a revenge game for him a little. bit. It is, even though they kind of fired him, but it was his time anyway. Clearly, and they they saw them with Sonny Dykes. Yeah, I'll, I'll I won't give them three losses in a row. I don't think they're that bad of a team where they lose, you know, four or five. I do kind of compare them a little bit to that Oklahoma State team last year, where you know it seemed like they were going to go back to the Big Twelve, and then they just fell flat at the second half of this season. I do think it's a little similar to that, but I'll give him a win over Texas. I um, I just don't think when you compare the two football teams that TCU, even if they play their best game, I think it's still going to come down to like a field goal or something in the in this Texas game. And there's a chance that they can pull it off just with a little bit of extra motivation and whatnot. But I'm more scared for Baylor, even though I took Baylor in the in the Baylor preview. I'm more scared for that game because. If Texas beats TCU and I've got Texas winning this one that many losses in a row, eventually they're going to get right. Uh, and I feel like, you know, going to Norman's a little bit tougher than having Baylor come to you the week after this Texas game. I am on the frogs. I, this is one of the, te- this is, this, this is the fuck you send off to Texas. Uh, look ahead line. I actually had this one out of six points, taking the points, taking the money line. Um, Texas is going to choke this one away. They always do. I like the extended rest. I think they find a way to get them back-to-back years and send them to the NCC the right way. <laughs> so as a group, we got them at, what, seven and three with two to go. This is a tough – if they do win this, um, this is a tough spot to come back against a Baylor team that you had to pull a miracle out against last year. If they lose this, do we think that they win? I mean – if they go three losses in a row, I would think that Baylor's got to be scared. Yeah. I so mean, do we do we all? Agree I'm not going to split this homestand. Yeah, I think between Texas and Baylor is where you see them get the win. I think Oklahoma has a chance, like you were saying, uh, Rush. The only thing they would be playing for would be Dylan Gabriel's Heisman, which would be you know. Now you're asking TCU to score 48 points or 45 points in a game where Oklahoma's okay giving up yardage because they're just trying to pad stats for another Heisman mm-hmm. Trophy. Uh, yeah, I think the I think if they're going to win one of these last games, it's going to be Baylor. I'm not even going to give them the win, but I will say that I think that that one's going to be a 50-50 right down the middle. Something weird is going to happen in that game. Baylor's my dark horse this year, so I'm, I'm going to ride with them still, but you guys are probably right that they'll split this home stand. Um, I broke the season more up into thirds, but no, I, I, I get where you guys are coming from. I do have the win over Texas, but I, I, like I said, I think, I think this is Baylor's year to at least go to the big 12 championship. So I got, Baylor. 
I got Baylor winning just because I got him beating Texas. If if somehow Texas were to win, I probably would flip and take them because I probably think right. they split. But uh, I'm giving Texas a loss. Horns down, like you said. TCU fans love hearing that shit. So let's go, Frogs. Uh, last game, uh, the final game in the Big 12 in Norman for the Oklahoma Sooners. This was an absolute beatdown last year, Troy. Um <laughs> Is this so? Are you teasing that you're on the Sooners for a revenge angle here? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think TCU quite has that offensive next level or that, you know, basically that Heisman guy instead of a really good like third, fourth best quarterback in the league. I just think that Dylan Gabriel is going to be. That might be the only thing that Oklahoma can play for, and, and Venables might try to keep his job with the Heisman. Trophy yeah, that's another point too. You're big on the Dylan Gabriel for Heisman. I do think he's I mean, obviously he has a chance. Um, I, I see it more from the Venables needing to at least get a certain amount of wins to potentially keep yeah, his job. No um, I, I guess at this game, it, it doesn't matter what game it is in college football. It's you get to this point, what are the teams playing for? But like I said, I'm going with my theory. They start four and zero, then go two and two, and then go one and three. They've already gotten their win over Texas. I see this as a loss in Norman. I think it's a revenge game, and honestly, with Oklahoma, if set, let's say theoretically they're five and six, or let's say seven and whatever, they're going to need this game. I think it does mean something to Oklahoma to win their last Big Twelve home game uh, in front Good of their point. fans before, because I think that them leaving Troy. You, I mean, you like Oklahoma, so you can touch on this. I think Oklahoma. It means more that Oklahoma wins their last home game in the Big Twelve than it does for Texas. Would you agree with that? Well, yeah, especially recently, Oklahoma has kind of been that team that has carried the football on the Big 12, like at least mm -hmm. from the oh, national yeah. perspective. Um, obviously, TCU actually won a playoff game instead of choking in the semifinals, but, you know, Oklahoma, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Oklahoma was almost always at least, you know, in front of the eyes of everybody nationally. So there's a lot of people that relate the Big 12 to Oklahoma now instead of the way that it was related to Texas beforehand. Uh yeah, and, you know, they're pretty prideful about that home record, too, in Norman. Yeah. Well, and the thing about, too, is I, I couldn't give two shits that Texas is leaving the Big 12. Good. See you later, you cause. I, I do well, – I kind of wish Oklahoma was staying, too, and I think I that agree. goes to your point. I wish Oklahoma was staying. Like, we could trade Texas for Nebraska and bring back Nebraska and Oklahoma. Like, I would rather – way rather have that. Like – and, and, you know, we, we give Oklahoma shit cause they are leaving number one and, you know, they've always given us trouble as Mountaineer fans or, I mean, anyone in the big 12 trouble. Uh, but it, 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 you're right. Is it, this game means more to Oklahoma and it's, it is too bad that they are leaving, but Hey, TCU has the chance to be, you know, top tier in the, the big 12 moving forward. Someone's got to do it. So we'll, we'll see who it is and it might be TCU. So with the way we broke it down compositely, we all had them at seven and five, I, and yep. individually we all had them at seven and five. Yep, I think so. That's that right. that is the under, but like you said, Rush, I think this is a better team than probably the record uh, says. And they, I mean, what went six and one in those one possession games last year, with the only loss being in Dallas to K State. I think it's still a good team this year, and maybe. Um, <laughs> you think the, let me ask you this: With that being said. What if the magic's there once again? What is the ceiling of this team? Um, uh, 
I'll say 10 I mean, and 2. The ceiling of the team is probably still only like eight or nine wins. I think if they could win nine games, they would be really, really happy with that. Maybe not. Um, yeah. Because I actually have them at six and six, Ryan. Um, I had them losing. Oh, yeah. I had them losing out the last five games of the year. Um, I think, you know, if they were able to beat Tech and then maybe also get Texas the week after or beat Tech and get Baylor at home and you see them at eight wins, then – you know, you guys, you guys already have them winning one more outside of that. So, so I would say nine wins is their ceiling. I'd actually probably agree. I'll take it one down because you could probably say the W game because that's going to be close potentially. Um, and then, yeah, add another game in the bottom. I just think that they're very clearly like a whole step behind what the class of the conference is going to be. Those top three or four teams are going to be there. And then you're going to have that TCU and whoever else is in that next step down. And then like from the five and seven to the seven and five is going to be like everyone else. And then you'll have a couple dangling yeah. at the end. It is the conference of the middle class. We keep saying that. That's why you get I, all the parody in the big 12. I think the floor is six and six. Um, but I also think the ceiling is nine and three. I agree with Troy. I can't see them winning 10 games this year with five big 12 games being on the road. I think that's a tall yeah, task for anybody that draws five out of their nine on the road, especially when you got to go to Manhattan and Lubbock and Norman. I mean, that those are three out of the top five teams they got to play on the road. So um, yeah, no, I mean I, we're on the under slightly. Um, Troy a little bit more solidly on the under, but like you said, they're going to play in a bunch of close games once again, and we'll see if they're on the right side or if it evens out this year. But uh, yeah, no, we love the TCU Horn Frogs. We do. Uh, moving along with the Big Twelve uh, previews before we get out of here, Rush, tell everybody where to find you. At Rambling Rush, Twitter, Instagram, and then Ryan and I do the Ryan and Rush show, which is more West Virginia specific. So uh, subscribe to us there. Of course, uh, any TCU fans out there, uh, check us out when we do the TCU West Virginia preview. And if you want to know anything else about the West Virginia team, love, love to have you. So anyway, appreciate all the support, everyone. You guys can find me at Troy Tuning on Twitter and then um, just kind of keep up with which games I'm going to be trying to make it to this year. Uh, I know Russia's wedding is one weekend that probably not going to be able to make it to any games. But, Sorry, uh, everyone. <laughs> besides that, you know, I'm looking to visit a couple of places and then always, always got the, the caps. So going to be a fun winter. Yes, it will. And you guys can find me at Moneyline underscore Mac. We are all in the Discord. Hit us up. Uh, go check out the College Football Experience, the main channel. We all come together. The College Football Experience, the College Basketball Experience. Hell, TCU's been good in basketball, and they're going to have another good team mm -hmm. this year. The FCS Experience, or the FCS College Experience, sorry. All together on one platform on YouTube.com slash College Experience. Go Frogs! Looking forward to seeing what the Encore has in store this year. Let it ride.